0: we're back today with another fantastic podcast and I'd like to thank Carol Fox the amazing Carol Fox she's been absolutely wonderful enough to come on board with us today now there's a lot to Carol Fox and there's so much you've achieved you've been a trailblazer for women in sport we go at present you're president of the women's sport of australia you run your own executive coaching business you're a victorian's First professional female surf lifesaver, which is absolutely amazing. You're a state-level swimmer and water polo player, so you're just blowing it out of the water even more there. Uh, you're a button-bearer for the 2018 Commonwealth Games, and you've also written a book about confident communication for leaders, which I have here next to me. I've been reading it and it's absolutely amazing. So what well, uh-huh. podcast, Carol? Thanks for having me, Katrina. <laughs> this is a dream of mine and I know I've been talking to my mentor and she thinks you're absolutely amazing as well. So just to be able to share what you've done, how you've started, I think so many people have going to learn so much from your experience and it's great to be able to share it on here.
1: Oh good, well thank you for asking me.
0: <laughs> that's all right, anytime. <laughs> so firstly, we want to start with your journey in aquatics and swimming and sport so where did you start from and how did you develop your journey
1: well we started I've got brother and sister close in age to me and we we're actually over in Western Australia and we we're at a public swimming pool and playing around and jumping and doing what siblings do <laughs> and a swimming actually uh his name is Ray Pitcher very famous coach over there he came up to my mum and said are they your children and she said yes they are and he said well I'd like to coach them I think they've got a lot of potential um mum kind of said well you know I don't know if we want to spend that money and everything else on and he pretty much looked after you know and said look I'll, I'll look after all of that so you know how's that for talent ID he uh he, you know, my brother ended up being an Olympian in water polo. Um, we all did very well with our swimming and that. So, yeah, pretty much he got us into a swimming squad and we were training with the likes of Neil Brooks, for the, the older people in the audience, remember Brooksy? <laughs> and, you know, we were, we were pretty much surrounded by these, these champions. So we swam, we moved back to Melbourne and also swam here at Melbourne Swimming Club uh, and then moved to Footscray swimming and water polo club and that's pretty much my brother Uh, he went to Melbourne High and they had a really good water polo program and he started playing water polo and did very very well with it so yeah pretty much I follow my brother a lot of the time I went into water polo I was not very good at throwing the ball but I was really good at swimming up flicking the ball back and then them having to take me out of the water but we've got a sister who's 17 years younger than John, and she's also an Olympic uh, water polo player, gold medalist actually. So as I said, that talent ID uh, over 50 years ago, he, he saw something in the family. And then I followed my brother into surf lifesaving, and as you said, I was the first female paid lifeguard for surf lifesaving down in Victoria, it was early days of women in lifesaving movements. So I had some great experiences there. And then while I was life-saving playing water polo, I did my phys ed degree and pretty much every assignment I wrote was either on aquatics or equality for women. And and then I ended up, gosh, you know, EO at Victorian water polo. And then I ended up back at university teaching aquatics for, for many years. So it all kind of goes around in a, in a big circle, but it was a, a really great evolution. And over all those years, when I started my own business, did work with the Australian Swimming Team and and continue to do things for the swimming community, water polo, and also a life-saving community as well. And I'll talk, you know, I'll mention later, it's just all about networks, isn't it? And um, how much our community supports each other. So, yeah, that was my journey.
0: Wow, that, that's an amazing journey. You've come so far in such a short time. And from just that... Coach picking out your talent, your family's talent. I mean, he must be totally wrapped with picking that out and seeing how you've progressed and developed your whole family, not just yourself as well.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a very good good talent ID. Yeah,
0: amazing. And, um, I think
1: I don't that coaches these days, but you know, it wasn't when you say it wasn't that long ago. I think it was over fifty years
0: ago. So <laughs> I'm being kind, <laughs> and to think to just see that opportunity and I suppose as coaches we all sort of look for that opportunity in kids and to and to see the talent or see those that have a, a bit of extra skill that with a little bit of help they can progress forward and it's amazing that you know seeing that and, and a good a great example of how actually seeing it has then developed into someone who has achieved so much and can make that coach or that person proud right from the start
1: yeah yeah absolutely and you know I think it's really interesting I can often when I'm working with a room full of swimmers or athletes you can pick the stars straight away they shine they're there while everyone else is mucking around they're sitting there waiting to take something away they ask really interesting questions they they make the most of every opportunity so I always love it when I see see one of those athletes and I'll often go up to their coach go talk to me about that one and they're like yeah they're pretty special
0: Yeah, and that's amazing, you can pinpoint that side and you're right, they do stand out, they want to learn, they want to develop and it's those sort of athletes that put that time into it and when they eventually come out and they do achieve what they wanted to achieve, you can tell because they've spent that time building the background of it, they're not just the flamboyant ones that throw themselves out there straight up, they're releasing the time. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, great point of view, thank you. So through your amazing journey, there's so many highlights in there, but for you, what would be one lesson you've learnt out of the whole journey and one big highlight that you've got from the journey or if there's a couple? I think um, the biggest
1: lesson I've learned in my aquatics journey is networks, so how important they are. In the aquatics industry, it's a huge network and to this day I still get work because of people know me and they know my work. I'm sure I've bent bridges along the way. I'm very sure. You know, I was a real fighter in my twenties when I was fighting the fight with surf life saving. I wouldn't have wanted to have come across me back then. And I'm sure people who run away when they hear my name, but most of the part, you know, I I'm a giver. I think that's what networking's about. So it's it's you know, what can how can I contribute, what can I give, how can I support other people, and then that all goes around, comes around pretty much. So yeah, I always, I'm quite chuffed when I get a phone call from, you know, life-saving or water polo or, or swimming and they go, you know, we come speak at a conference? You know, I saw you 15 years ago. or it, It's kind of really nice to have that network. So very much work on your networks and focus on what you can give people and contribute. And I think the highlight of my journey, there's, there's a lot, but one that happened this year was I got Life Member Ship of lawn surf lifesaving club and that was a recognition of the early days when I was there and the pipe you know some of the pioneering work I did and and also you know I'm a board member there now a committee member and just doing what I do but to have that recognition was was really special And I think a lot of people who didn't know me were, you know, wondering why this secretary on the committee was always commenting on competition and lifeguarding and, you know, who the hell does she think she is? But when they gave me the membership and actually gave people my journey, I had a lot of people coming up going, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I had no idea why you were on the board or, you know, who you were. And that, that was nice. But Probably the the loveliest thing from it was I was able to explain to a room full of people we were down at Lawn on the beach, you know, in our surf club, and I pointed out at the beach and said 40 years ago I wasn't allowed to save lives because I was female. Um, And that one statement, you know, was the talk of the beach for the next week because life-saving integrated women very, very quickly. They assimilated. They are amazing. But people who were living it who've got daughters who are part of the club and... You know, over 50% of our club's female and they're on every level i think it was a shock that it was only 40 years ago that you couldn't save lives because you were a female so yeah it was a really nice circle i think and came around and tidied that, that up really nicely
0: yeah i love that and it's like you said a big circle it explains what you've done and shows it to people how it's changed how the world's changed and I think people these days just take for granted that there are females on the beach and female lifeguards. They don't realise the journey that's gone behind to actually develop it. And I was listening to another podcast that you did for Wiz, I think, Women in Sport. Yep. And you were talking about how you sort of were selling merchandise on the beach and you had that recognition with the few lifeguards when they turned up that they sort of nodded with you and you sort of realise, well, that's what I've achieved. And I think that. Just amazing that you've gone through that, and you're you can see it now what the fight that you've put in, like you said before you're quite a, a fighty person when you're young, <laughs> um, and determined, I suppose would be a great word as well, and all that work that you put in and it's now come to fruition for lots of women to achieve their potential in surf life saving and as well as sport and swimming yeah, yeah,
1: and you don't realize that at the time you 're not doing it for anyone else, you know I was doing it because I was furious that just because I was female, I couldn't do something. But it's when I, when I look back at it and I think, gosh, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't do it now. But, but, you know, when you're 16, 17, 18 and you're furious about the fact that you're a female and you can't do something, there's kind of a lot of motivation there to get off your bum and do it, I suppose. And I think that's the thing with having a swimming background for a lot of us. You know, we grow up with, if we're female, we grow up with boys and they're in our squad and we're just treated like people. You know, there's not a lot of sports that, that do that. They, they kind of, you know, we all turn up to swimming meets together. We all have the capacity to earn medals, you know. we. But the boys are boys. And I think the biggest shock coming from that background, where I had no idea there was such a thing as gender inequality, was then hitting a beach and being told I couldn't save lives because I was female. That was kind of a moment in my life where I went, oh, no, no, no. It was like a veil got lifted. <laughs>
0: That's it, because when you're so used to just interacting, I think that's what I love about swimming is that girls and boys interact. There's no sort of gender biases. You get in and you just go for it. And I know in our club, we're sort of a summer club, we don't have many boys coming through, but the girls in training will always say, come on, fellas, let's go. And we've joined with the footy club doing pre-season training and the netball, but... The girls that there, they're sort of, they're showing the example to the fellas and they're pushing them and saying, well, you know, we can do it. You can get into it. Just give it a go. And they've developed and the boys aren't being seen as sort of, put down or if they can't do it, it's not a bad thing. So it's sort of role reversal, which I like. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. No, yeah, so Good way to grow up. And I reckon if you were pushed now, I reckon you'd still fight back. <laughs> uh No, I got tired doing that, so (laughs) even
1: with Women's Australia, you know, I I don't want to fight the fight anymore. No one listens anyway, so much better shining light on inequality, And, you know, it takes a lot to get me to fight these days because it is exhausting. There's, There's much more effective ways of getting a message across, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and that was something else you spoke about in that podcast. It's more Not fighting the fight, just putting the awareness out there. Because there is a lot of, I suppose, women's movement that will fight the fight. But I think more awareness, especially in sport, I think it's sort of changed in regards to the awareness needs to be put out there. Males in sport are very much publicised. And when we first met, when I was doing the aquatics and recreation course for CEOs, it was a lot about about more publicising of female sport and actually just getting it out there because it does happen behind the scenes and in grassroots. We do play female sports. It's just not for the public to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. So the awareness is certainly there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's just about developing that. And I like that. And as you said, there's no point fighting it. You might as well just try and get it out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Promote, advocate. You know, it's one of the reasons Women's Sport Australia have our Women in Sport Photo Action Awards. We do that to demonstrate that women playing sport, looking like athletes rather than balls, you know, showing their athletic prowess and strength and athleticism and skill is really important because then that becomes a norm.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's the thing it needs to be is the norm because a lot of women and growing up need to see that stuff out there. So fantastic. That's great. that you're doing.
1: No, thank
0: you. So is there anyone that played a big role in your journey, like a mentor or a family member? Is there any that you can pinpoint for us that have made a big difference and how they've impacted your life?
1: Yeah, I think the early days it was my coach. You know, coaches have a really important role, particularly that the coach was the first person we saw of a morning, apart from our parents in the car, driving us to swimming at some ridiculous time like 4.30 a.m., And sometimes they were the last person I spoke to of a daytime as well because we had night swimming as well. So, but I did have a really good coach. I, I think he could see that I was struggling at the school that I was at. I was getting, I was a dag. I mean, we were training four hours a day, so I had no personality. I was pretty much just a robot and, you know, good chance for kids to pick on me. And I remember just sitting there. He picked up that I was a bit just not happy and said, what's going on? And I said, I'm better than this and the school's boring and there's no no one's got any aspirations to do anything with their life and I need to be at a better school and he he pretty much did what he could to get me into I was very lucky to go to Mac Robertson Girls High which is a school of excellence here in Victoria and he made sure that I had the confidence to to go for that exam and get into it my brother was already at Melbourne High it was that coach that wrote to my parents and said I want Carol come on we need to get Carol at Mac Rob and you know, and at that time, we couldn't really afford uniforms. Um, all our money was going to swimming. So, you know, Grandpa bought my school blazer. I'll never forget that. John Olson, he really gave me a start. You know, I went to a school like Macrob and I was just lifted by the people around me. You just went there and you expected to go to uni. There was no other choice. So it, um, I was one of the first people in my family to go to uni. My, my brother went through uni at the same time as me. So that's the difference a coach can make just by picking up on that. Shauna Jones was my lecturer, aquatics lecturer, when we were doing phys ed, and then I took over her role as aquatics lecturer, and it's what is now Vic Uni. Same thing, you know, saw potential, me on the shoulder, come on, take over this, you know how to do it. So that was really cool. And then in my later years, one of my mentors is Dr. Deirdre Anderson. So she worked at the VIS. She also worked over in the Scottish sports system but she's worked with all the top athletic teams olympic teams she's just amazing so she'll sometimes when i feel like i'm getting a little bit cozy she'll tap me on the shoulder and push me to my next adventure probably like your mentors so they're all very handy when they come along and you know even later in life people like lee nugent nana wadding back in the day when he had the ability just to get me working with the Australian team because he kind of knew what my background was. So yeah, there's been so many people. And again, that's why I think networks are so important and keeping up with people and, and like, you you know, finding a good mentor or good mentors who can push you along the way.
0: I really like that answer because yeah, as you said, it's, it changes and develops through your life and coaches and, as swim teachers, I mean, this is why I'm doing the podcast, they have such a role to play in these swimmers' lives. You may not see it at the time, but you can make such a difference in a person's life. And it's amazing yeah. how, you know, that little thing you can say or the little time that you spend with these swimmers can develop them and give them the opportunities. And your coach went above and beyond of what they could do for you. I think that's great to give you that start and you've just run with it and built such a fantastic career and life out of it.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, coaches are so generous. Like, even my in surf lifesaving when I wanted to compete, I think about the people who gave time up for free to train me. And it was an unknown quantity. I wanted to do Ironman, you know. So at Lawn, there were people like David Preston and Phil Preston who would take me out, you know, on the boards and would be probably very extremely frustrated. A man called George Day, who he would take me out on the Maribyrnong River during the middle of winter at 5.30 in the morning on a uh, kayak. This was to train me for surf skiing. And it was very handy because it was so cold I didn't fall in too much. And and I went to Anglesey to compete for a while and people like Doug Sully, like these these people were amazing the way that they gave up their time. This is what coaches do. You know, they they love coaching so much and teaching so much that if there's someone who wants to learn, you know, we all step up and want to help out and be part of that. So... You know, and I think as a coach myself, I know we get stuck at it as well. As you well know, you know, we don't do it for the money, that's for sure. But we do it because we never quite know how far those ripples will ever go. We can just shine our light and hope our athletes pick up on it and then they make of it what they can.
0: Yeah, and that's all, and you don't know. I mean, out of the amount of athletes that you train and you coach... One or two could actually just, like you said, take that ripple and do amazing things with it. So it's about impacting as many people as we can and just giving everyone the chance because if you don't have the chance, then you can't expand and you can't develop. And I really like your comment about the mentors. When you get cosy, they give you that little push. You only learn when you're out, out of your comfort zone and for them to give you that understanding, that bit of a push out, that just makes you learn, makes you try something different and I know with my mentor Joanne Love she guides me along she doesn't give me the answers I can go to her with a problem and she's have you thought about this have you sort of expanded it this way sometimes I do wish she'd give me the answers (laughs) it's not therefore we love Joanne but she's not going to give you your answers you have to own them hey that's right that's what I think's great and To be able to do that and it makes me learn and makes me develop and if I didn't have that and and she just gave me all the answers, yeah, I might be cruising and I might be doing all right but when it comes to hitting another problem, i would just, you know, run back and be dependent. So, you can develop it yourself. It makes a massive difference. absolutely. So, what advice would you give a new employee in the aquatics field or in sporting? It's all about networks. So, you know, what you might do now as you
1: are a new employee in any sport, your next job is going to come from people you know. So you've got to really create strong networks, be respected, work hard, look for opportunities and then also have a really, you have to be on LinkedIn. The sports industry is so tiny that you need to have a professional profile, you need to hook into all the people in aquatics but also the general sports community post where you can like share it only takes five minutes a day but as I said your next job will come from there so I talk to graduates about this all the time you have to have that profile has to be ready and you might you know young ones might think oh I've got nothing to put on there well no usually if you've been involved in sport you've been a volunteer so you've you've been a coach or you've you've helped out managing teams or it, it doesn't matter it's just about Putting out there what you're doing and starting to build a network before you even really start working.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And we spoke in our coaching session about developing my LinkedIn page, and you can have it as a fairly basic page, but I think it's a way of putting your qualities out there and showing, like you said, your experience. Gary Vanderchap, he spoke on one of his podcasts and vlogs about if you don't have the experience or you don't have the study qualifications, it's more about your ideas and your thoughts putting that stuff out there because that's what people are going to connect with so you know even developing that side of it putting out their writing blogs and stuff about what you've done and, and about your ideas and how you develop them bring attention to people so if you don't have the qualifications look at your experience and and what's happening in your brain and how you can put it out
1: yeah very much so so you know everyone get on linkedin
0: yeah And I really like in that you've spoken about the most important qualities, I think, in regards to aquatics and sports. Did you have any others that you wanted to touch on?
1: Communication is probably the number one, um, which is why I love teaching it. So, you know, in aquatics we're dealing with or sport we're dealing with parents who can sometimes be an interesting client. So we also need resilience and compassion too, you know, as coaches swimming teachers we need to have compassion for people who maybe aren't not familiar with the aquatic environment and we need to create space for them
0: and I think that also ties into what you're saying with your coach how they developed you and helped you you said with money being tight and being on paying for your swimming it's then helped you develop and they've given the time as well so there's more ways to offer help and compassion to your clients as well
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: so the last thing I want to touch on is that with the aquatic industry and sport in general as well before coronavirus there was a lot of talk about having not much funding and aquatics being sort of one of the main areas in that but is there ways you think we can promote the industry and develop swimming as a sport without relying on all that funding Yeah, I think um, if you look to
1: uh, Life Saving Victoria have now got an online training program that they put out to the aquatics industry. Brilliant. Like they, they have responded to this crisis and gone through their programs and worked out how they can get them online. So that's at a state level. Also, I noticed there's, you know, you can have online groups like Facebook groups. So actually, I think it's a... So there's a WhatsApp group where you can get your groups of people together sharing information. But there's also a Facebook group, it's AFL Coach at Home Group, and that's where all the AFL coaches, VFL coaches, they've all come together with an interest in football and they're all supporting each other. So, again, it's about making sure the industry stays strong through this time and that they're sharing information. On a club level, it's creating programs for your swimmers and sharing that and connecting with them, be it on Zoom or House Party seems to be their favourite app at the moment. <laughs> but, um, and then also the advocacy. So, you know, it's the advocacy work for the national body. So them getting out there and making sure that people know what they're doing, getting into the media and telling the good news
0: stories is going to keep them up there in the consciousness of the nation. Yeah, they're fantastic answers. And I know I do a lot of online groups. I'm part of a lot, especially on Facebook, a lot of online groups there for aquatics. And there's so many you can go on, and they're just out there to support each other, especially through the COVID virus. And the online training, a lot of industries, and I've been on to the LSV ones. And yeah, they've done so many things that they can put on there. ASTA, which is the Australian Coaches and Teachers Association. They're doing a lot of online. We've been on a lot of forums together and just developing and talking about how we can come out of this. So how can we support each other while we're in the coronavirus lockdown, but how we come out of it and how we can change it from there. So I think that's great, just really helping each other, but also looking at what we can do for each other when we come out, change the aquatic industry from there.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a great opportunity in sport for us to regroup. And in every sport, think about how do we want the future to be. You know, we're coming back in and starting from scratch in 2020, not 1902. So there's a lot of opportunities for us moving forward to have a different lens on the sport and
0: ways that we um, conduct it. Yeah, that's right. And we need to take the opportunities that comes and. And not look at it as what we used to or how we used to, looking at in a totally different way how we can use different things. So I think it's going to be enlightening to see what we come up with.
1: Yeah, it will be. And I think there's a lot of sports out there working really hard at the moment with what that will, that will look like and what it will be like. And we just have to hope, you know, from a Women's Sport Australia perspective, uh, gender lens, that those sports where in the past they may have you know reduced the involvement and we're talking about you know sports like AFL where it's all still a bit new you know if they've got a lack of funding it's easy for them to go to that program and cancel it but let's just hope they're going to look at it through an understanding of society and where we are now and how the funding can be shared across everyone
0: yeah yep and give everyone the opportunities and develop it thank you so much and uh, we've spoken about everything I wanted to cover, but also how can people contact you or get involved in what work you've got going on?
1: Well, look, my website, probably easiest, www.carolfox.com, and I'm also on Instagram, and Facebook and LinkedIn. So on um, Facebook, it's Carol Fox Confident Communication, but they can also look up Carol Fox Co., look, the website's got all those connections yeah so I you know I do have fortnightly email tips that I write for my map for my database and yeah tend to post on LinkedIn articles there as well and also Facebook
0: Fantastic well that's great and I hope people take the advantage and take the time to check out your work and learn a lot from it there's so much out there that you've done and you've had that experience I think a lot of people can learn just from it develop themselves and when we've got the time now that we can just sit there and read and take it on board when we're not sort of rushing around in our life so thank you. you. You're welcome I was really looking forward to being at the
1: ASTCA conference which I think was going to be in a couple of weeks' time, so June, I think it was. So, you know, again, it was a chance just to, to share some of this information on communicating and not taking on stress and other people's stuff. But I think they're, they're looking at other ways they can get this information out as well. So, you know, I really, I love it. And, and I know you know, Katrina, when I came to talk to your group of uh, female leaders in, in swimming and aquatics, you know that I stood up there, and I think I just said, you know, how exciting it was to stand in front of a room full of people. And I know them. I know, I know what they've been through and what they're going through. So, any opportunity I get to do that, it's just a pleasure.
0: Oh, great! And it made a difference to us knowing that too. I think because it's not someone who's come from another industry it's actually yourself you've understood it all you know where we are like you said and a lot of those points that you spoke about at the aquatics and recreation course I've brought on to some other young kids especially about the power poses and things like that so the kids I mentor at schools it's been great to be able to pass it on great oh good I'm glad to hear that that's why I do it love it missing it at the moment but we'll get it all online and it will
1: be happening so we're an online course tomorrow that will be great
0: Oh, so,
1: well, I really appreciate it. And, and well done you getting a podcast up and running.
0: <laughs> thank you. I needed something to occupy my mind. So it's great to be able to put it out there and help people at the same time. Great, Katrina. I wish you all the best with it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for your time. I'll leave you there and let you get back to your busy lifestyle. Um, it's been great. Thanks for having me.